0: the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbre and dancing. Praise him with the strings and lyre. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalm 150. What a noisy, loud, crazy, over-the-top psalm. So welcome to an over-the-top, crazy, boasting, hallelujah day. Because we've come to the end of the psalms. Now I know we've only done a few. But you know, Psalm 150 Links with the last five Psalms from 146 right through to Psalm 150, and they all have prefaced at the top Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallel, you've learned, is uh, over the top, crazy, good, crazy, but it's exuberance, it's boasting. Psalm 150 has that in 13 times. So I think it's trying to say something. You got it? Please, look as though you've got it. <laughs> These last five psalms. That's the end of the Psalms, the end. And as I looked over the last 5 Psalms because I couldn't do Psalm 150 without them, I realized that Psalm 146 is all about me saying to God, "I will praise you as long as I live." This week a friend of mine who died, it was her funeral, she was 90, 90. She was a lady who praised the Lord as long as she lived. As long as she lived. People got up to give an uh, eulogy for her. Most of them said, what a lovely woman, an intercessor. And her daughter got up and said, I know that you've heard from this one that she was lovely, and from this one she was lovely, but let me tell you the truth of what she was like in the home. She was lovely. There <laughs> was a woman who I know, praise God, and interceded every day of her life. It's these psalms that remind us not to put our trust in human structures, in ourselves. There's always that disappointment. These psalms tell us that we're enriched and blessed and we can enjoy life as we put our hope in him. There's psalms that remind us of who our creator is, who our provider is, who is the healer and who is the protector. And when I read Psalm 146, it's like I'm reading the life of Jesus. One of the beautiful things about Jesus is that it's not just that he came as a baby and died on the cross and rose again. He lived and the Bible says he went around doing good. That's the call of Jesus in us. And this is what these Psalms talk about healing, protecting, providing. Psalm 147 goes on and talks about the magnificence of God as he builds his people, that he's all knowing, that he's beyond understanding beyond comprehension. He's the creator and he's the carer of his creation. And the beautiful thing about Psalm 147, it finishes and says, this God is a God like no other God because he has introduced himself to his people, revealed himself and said, hello, I'm here for you. Psalm 148 is one of those wonderful psalms where we are invited to join all of creation. The things it starts with, in the heavens, in the deepest sea, on earth, everything praise the Lord. And we know that Psalm 150 finishes with this, that everything that have breath... You've got breath? So what do you have to do? Praise the Lord. Lord. So if you've got breath today, join with creation. What I discover is that flowers and birds and trees, you see them waving their hands, they praise God naturally. That's what they're designed to do. They can do no other. Our invitation to praise God is intentionally. Let everything have breath. Join all of creation and praise our God. So that's the end of it all. I could go now, can't I? You've heard it. The end of it all, those last five psalms, and we start finish with Psalm 150. But if that's the end, I want to do a quick review of what was the beginning, and where we've been, and a reminder, because some of us don't get here each week, and we've had a wonderful journey through the psalms. The psalms are An orientation for life. Can you remember that, what we said, the very first one? Orientation for life. Unfortunately in life I often get disoriented and the Psalms are there for us when we feel that disorientation so that we can reorient again to our God and to his people. So in the beginning in Psalm 1, we didn't go there, but it talks about two ways and the orientation to take. There's a way, the New Testament or the Proverbs would say that seems right to a human, the way of the wicked, and it says that way of total disorientation ends up in destruction and it also ends up in futility. As the writer to Ecclesiastes says, it's meaningless. And the pursuit there is after these alternative realities that can bring some satisfaction in my life. But the blessedness, the richness, the joy, the way to choose is the way of the righteous, where we can delight in our God, and meditate on his word and the wonders of what he does. So that's the beginning of invitation for that way. New Testament says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him. By me, says Jesus. So that's the way. He is the way. And that's the orientation that the Psalms continue to invite us to walk. However, you and I know that it's not always like that. One of the little proverbs says, God has made life very simple and humans have complicated it. It's true, isn't it? We complicate it with our desires and with our uh, orientations of what we want, the alternative things that we pursue. And so we live in, I think I remember saying this, this reality of what we know about our God. Remember that? We said this is the reality in which we live. This is the reality in which we set our eyes on, who we know our God to be. But often we live in the perceived reality of who we are, and we forget that we are made righteous in Jesus. We forget that we're declared children of God. And there are times of sadness, of grief, of sinfulness, of pain, when we lose that orientation and we're there in a quite dysfunctional disorientation, consumed with our reality. And we need to focus again on God's reality. And I remember saying that there's a bridge. And the bridge is the invitation to trust our God. And this bridge of going backwards, here we say what it is. We don't pretend. We are asked to talk about the raw truth, how we feel. And I remember Danny just talking of the beautiful way of expressing your anger Your sense of injustice and wanting so much to be vindictive. And so we go backwards and we say, God, you're God. You said to trust you, but here am I in this mess. Now this bridge across, the bridge of trust, I call it, is really prayer. Okay? It's being honest as we move from our reality to allow God's reality to come and invade us and for our reality to be consumed by God. What a beautiful picture the Psalms are. I wish we had lots and lots and lots of time to stay there. And this bridge, of course, over here, our reality, is always this invitation to be delighting in our God and allowing him to delight in us, to knowing the peace and the joy. Just recently, one of our congregants, one lady here, who always seems to be bubbly and enthusiastic and excited, shared a little bit of her story with me. Her story and her reality is she suffered three miscarriages. Now, for some of you mums or would-be mums, you know the pain of that. She suffered as a brother committed suicide and then needed to face up to the fact and reality that her mother was murdered. That's enough for most of us to stay here forever. Whoa, look at me. But she knew her God and she walked this trust and she walked it well and she walked it and worshipped and praised and lived her grief and God's grief came into her life. The God who grieves. The God's sadness at how many of his created beings have rejected him. And so there was that meeting of grief meeting grief, of pain meeting pain, and there was the worship. But not only that, this woman then had to face her own cancer story. I'm sure there was times when she said, why me? But she lives over here, and I can't help but always be impressed by this woman who bubbles, who exudes life, who... hallelujahs, (laughs) Hallelujahs. <laughs> Praises our God. Now, isn't that a story? Yes. She should be here, not me. Yes. Sorry. Trust leads us to surrender. God, I can do no other but to leave it in your hands. And Psalm 146 says, blessed are those, enriched are those who can put their trust in God, whose hope is there. And that brings an awe, a surrender, the ability to worship. Because what actually happens within is that the peace of God goes right down deep into the heart. It bypasses the head. When the head cries out, my goodness, look what's happening to me. And it goes into the heart. And friends, this is what our God can do. I actually believe the tragedy of most of us who follow Jesus don't relish that peace enough. We don't stay there so that the peace becomes a joy and the peace becomes part of who we are. And it's like the exuberance starts up, but we don't stay there long enough to experience that stillness because worship is being in awe, being in surrender, allowing God to speak and say, I love you. Listen to it. Accept it. I love you with that reckless love. Have you heard that love? Or is it that you know that God loves you because the Bible says so? (laughs) Or because you sing it? Or have you experienced it? That deep inner knowing that you are precious, that you are valued, That you are respected by God. Even before you were born, the song said this morning, He was singing over you. Look at them. Because that is what I believe hallelujah is about. It's something I brag about. Hey, this is what God has done this week. I was away all week. I came home and I thought, oh God, it's so nice to have a place to come home to. It's so nice to have shelter and to not have to live out of a suitcase and pack my things up and it's beautiful thanksgiving that's the kind of thing it just comes out of you bragging about it delighting and that joy is what we share so that's my introduction to the psalm you with it that's the introduction the psalm is short Hallelujah, it says, praise the Lord. You say that. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. You got it? You're boasting? Come on, say it again. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. What do you imagine when you say that? Can you imagine the greatness, the beauty, the wonder of God? Is it there? It's there? And it's something you keep having to say? And the first part of this psalm says, where do we praise the Lord? Where do we do it? And it says, praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. And that says to me, the sanctuary, I think I did that last week with you, the sanctuary is the place where God lives among his people. So that's what we do. We praise him here. We praise him when two or three are gathered together. We praise him, but we go outside and we praise him too, in the mighty heavens. And when you want to do that, Get that Psalm 148 and do it. Read that one out loud in creation sometimes. It will thrill you. It will absolutely delight you. But most of you will be too scared stiff to do that. You'll think you're stupid. But doesn't Hallelujah have that sense of craziness in it? So there you are. You do it. Make a decision this week to read Psalm 146 in creation. Praise him for, what are we going to praise him for, it says here. So why praise him? The where is in his sanctuary in the mighty heavens. And then we come to why. And it's just got two simple reasons, because of his acts of power. That really says his acts of power go to the fact that he's great, he's magnificent. And this is where you've got to go to Psalm one hundred and forty six for this one. He's creator. Everything is there. Psalm 147 says we can't even imagine what he's like. And we sit there and we think about how great God is and how big he is. And we look up there and we think he's bigger than that because he created that. And he he even, it says in one of those psalms, knows how many stars there are. Not even the scientists know that. So there, that's one for God. Our God, great. And you need to take time to get the greatness of that God. And again, do that together. Do that by yourself. Do that with others. He's a great God, great. And then it says for his surpassing greatness, his power, his surpassing greatness. Now, some of that has the idea in it of his acts of salvation, the outworking of his love for us, in saving us. For when this was written in the Old Testament time, it was looking back to when he brought them out of Egypt and he rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea and they passed through and he was with them, leading with a cloud by day. And fire by night. He protected them. He provided for him. He was this God, the saving God, the providing God. And so we read that into our lives and we delight again with his salvation, the cross, the resurrection, the ascension, the coming again, the living within us, knowing that he wants to keep on doing good in us and through us to our neighbors and to the rest. I mean, how exciting is that? You got it? So then it says, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Harp, lyre, tremble, dancing, sing, strings, pipes, clash of cymbals, resounding cymbals. And that's usually how it's read in church. (laughs) That's noisy. That's over the top. That's crazy. That's being free to let yourself go. Hopefully one of the things you've picked up when we've looked at some of these words of worship is that there's very much a bodily function here. There's clapping of hands, there's lifting hands, there's stamping feet, there's shouting, there's doing what our young people did today, coming out here and really losing themselves in worship. You could have seen their faces. You would have been delighted. They did ask me if I was going to jump up and down. (laughs) I declined. <laughs> but they did say to me, you jump up and down inside. That's right. That's what you said, wasn't it? So I hope even if you can't do that, you, you jump up and down inside. Because this is what the psalmist also says. I waited patiently for the Lord, the psalmist said. He delivered me. He lifted me up from a slimy pit. And he set my feet on a rock. And... He put a new song in my heart. And one of the things that distinguishes believers from all others all over the world is the song in the heart. Now, fortunately, we've got musicians who can write and sing and lead us because I need that. Those that have heard me, they know. I need that, but I delight that they can lead me. And we need new songs, but you know, sometimes I sing my own songs. No one is around. But it just gets so exciting inside that I can't help it. The new song. Psalm 96 says, Sing a new song unto God. Sing praises. Sing praises. So I know some of us struggle with the noise and the loudness. I too But celebrate with others the greatness of God and be grateful that you're not at the MCG with 100,000 people. (laughs) That will happen in heaven. You might have better ears by then. (laughs) Celebrate. Let everything that has breath... You have breath? Praise the Lord. So this is what you're going to do. We've got some minutes. And I'm not going to do all the praising. I'm going to give you three minutes to walk around this room and find people to bubble over with, praise God with. You've got a whole lot of things you can say thank you for. If you really, really are stuck, you can stay here and just declare what you know about God. But you can also talk about the wonder of God in your own life. You can talk about where God has been. John Maxwell on the GLS um, advert says, if you're still excited about what God did five years ago, ask someone to pray for you. (laughs) You can do that. Three minutes and someone will do a drum or something. Uh, Let's go for it. Stand up. Praise God. If you want to dance, come out here and dance. Let's just do it. the trouble is once you start something like that it's hard to stop it so hopefully it will flow out to the foyer and it will flow into your week now here's the best thing that i've read about praising god together remember i said hallelujah was plural it's together it's with someone else it also makes others jealous And this is part of what we call our missional work, is when we are praising our God, when we're celebrating who our God is, it is also evangelistic, if you like. And you can invite others in to share the wonder, the craziness, the awe, the holiness, the beauty of God, because if they see you at worship, genuine worship... They will want what you've got, and that's a great God, great God. Hallelujah, the end of our psalms. Thank you for doing that. Now, we've got to write the last two lines of our psalm that we've been writing for the last however many weeks. If you write it on a little sheet of paper that's there, can you leave the paper down on the tables, or at least if you can write on the tables, and today's writing, your two lines today, is declaring the praise of our God. Two lines, God Almighty, how mighty, wonderful you are. I'm going to give you a moment's silence, just 60 seconds silence, to write that down.